Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. (laughs) Here we go. So grateful. Let's begin with a blessing. Hand on our heart. We take that breath together. So grateful, so thankful that we can join together and remember the love, remember the peace, remember the joy. So grateful and so thankful for the infinite intelligence, for the infinite love, the infinite peace, the infinite wisdom and clarity, the all good of spirit. So grateful and so thankful to allow ourselves to consciously welcome divine wisdom, divine insight and intuition, the spiritual insights that we desire are finding us here and now. We are grateful to allow ourselves to remember the truth. We're discarding that which is false and allowing ourselves to fully recognize the peace of God awake and alive within us. Hallelujah. We are grateful. We share the benefits with our brothers and sisters because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen, 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 amen. Whew, yes. (laughs) So today our topic is don't give up. Don't give up. Very tempting to give up. And I can tell you that over the years, I've talked with so many Course of Miracles students, including many of the, if not most of the well-known Course of Miracles teachers, and many of us have felt at times wanting to die, wanting to give up, wanting to get out of this world, this life feeling that it's just unbearable, we can't stand it, we don't like it, we uh, feel lost here, we feel disassociated, out of touch, uh, despair, that there's no chance for happiness in this world. And so I've learned a lot about this from my own experience as well as others. And this is one of the main things with the ego is the consistent sense of temptation to either self-sabotage, self-harm, or to give up, or to think that we are not worthy, it's not possible, that things are just too hard, it's not worth it, all of this. Uh, These are typical ego thoughts, and they have a lot of resonance because so many people think them, and believe them to be true. So today, what I feel guided to talk about is how to get out of that space and back into our right mind. In uh, chapter 10, it says, this is section 2, which is called The Decision to Forget. And in there, paragraph 3, Jesus says, To remember is merely to restore to your mind what is already there. So it's already there. The peace is already there. The joy is already there. The freedom, the prosperity and abundance, the wholeness, the harmony, the clarity, the beauty, the creativity, all of these wonderful spiritual qualities are already there in our mind. But we've put up blocks to them. They are the blocks to love because love is that spiritual quality that encompasses all of them, just like the color white encompasses all colors, all the spectrums of light. And so our willingness is truly all that is required for us to get back into right seeing, right feeling, right knowing, and recognition of truth. Now, 
when I was in my later 20s was when I felt this tremendous despair. And I was living in Manhattan at the time, and I felt suicidal for a time. And I've talked about that before. But one of the things that happened to me in that time, and I had it happen again, though it was quite different, but on two occasions in my life, I went through a period where I felt so strongly that this world is not a place I can feel comfortable in, that I can recognize, that I can understand or be successful in. And when we have that kind of a feeling, I'll never be happy, I'll never be successful, meaning just successful at life, right? Not not in terms of wealth and all things like that, but just not feeling like it's possible to be successful at life, then we can move into a despair and a disassociation. So then here we are in this illusory reality, and now we're feeling this sense of no longer being able to really understand our place in this world or it it, it feels false now it it is a strange world we're in a stranger in a strange land that kind of thing and talking about it with so many different course of miracles teachers my sense is that we all go through are versions of feeling disassociated from what we think is reality, from the the illusion of reality. And that is part of the journey back home. Now, we can go into despair because we think there's no way for us to be happy or successful or fulfilled or have what we'd like in this world. But this is where I feel it's so important that Jesus tells us, you don't even know what will make you happy. So stop thinking that you do. Stop thinking that you do. Because then you will stop pursuing what you believe will make you happy. And you can actually get in touch with that which will truly bring that sense of joy and happiness that is ours to experience. And so this is a leap of faith, a leap of faith. If you are feeling a a sense of despair and you'd like to give up, it is this needing to give up, thinking that we know how to be happy, that we know how to live a good life. The only way we're going to discover how to be happy and how to good, live a good life is to give up what we think we know. <laughs> we have to do that. And it's challenging for everyone to do that. So it is about being willing to move into a place of saying, I don't know what's going to make me happy, so I am going to let spirit guide me. This is why trust is the number one characteristic of God's teachers. If we are not willing to build that muscle in our awareness of valuing placing our trust and faith in spirit, there is no happiness except the temporary kind of happiness. I got a new car, but the I got a new car happiness is not going to last for decades. However, living inside of holy relationships, feeling connected to spirit, being led and guided by spirit, that is happiness that is consistent and lasting forever. So we have to disconnect from thinking that 
Happiness is the kind of happiness of, they've got my favorite ice cream. I'm going to get a double scoop. Or he likes me. He really likes me. Something like that. This, This is not the happiness that we're going for. We're going for a deep, profound sense of fulfillment. I talk with many people who feel like they're not living their purpose and they feel unfulfilled. Yet what I absolutely have come to see is that the deep sense of fulfillment that they can have, that they are after, it it comes from being guided and led by spirit and really living in that space of connection. Because I know for me, I had to go on a journey of learning to trust. It's so tempting to give up. And one of the things that I did over and over again was I would give up and collapse into self-medication and distractions. And I see for all the years I've been doing this, I see over and over again that people do not trust Spirit, they don't trust themselves to discern that spiritual guidance, and so they feel it's impossible for them to be happy. But that is a false belief, it is not true, and it never will be true. It's possible for everybody to live a life of great joy, profound joy, beauty, magnificence, and It will only arrive through learning to trust the guidance and follow it. So people ask, well, how do I know what's guidance and what's ego? How do I tell the difference? And the difference is, it's, and I've talked about this before as well, the difference is spirit's voice is that still small voice. It's calm. It has no attitude or judgment. So it simply says, Move to Colorado. Move to Colorado. Start looking for a house in Colorado. It it doesn't say, you better move to Colorado. The only way you're going to be happy is if you move to Colorado. And what is wrong with you? I've told you to move to Colorado. It, It never has attitude. It never has that kind of energy. It doesn't have that kind of vibration of aggression or judgment or complaint or attack. It's very gentle. And so many times we don't recognize the still small voice precisely because it is so gentle. And we're not used to speaking to ourselves in that gentle way. That's why I encourage people to speak to themselves and use words like darling, sweetheart, my beloved, and to adopt that same kind of vibration as the higher Holy Spirit self, that we're in that connection. And when you're willing to develop trust, you will begin to see hear, feel, know those directions from spirit. It also is about practicing kindness all of the time. Going for always being kind, because that is the nature of God, is to always be kind. One of the things I'm most grateful for in my life is the more I go along this journey, the easier it is to be kind all of the time. Sometimes I I feel snappish or sarcastic, annoyed, frustrated, irritated, and I would say most of the time I can still be kind even though I feel those feelings, I have dominion over my choices that I can choose to be kind, even if I feel intensely irritated and frustrated. 
And I've also learned that I don't have to hide that I feel irritated or frustrated. My awareness is such that I am aware I still get irritated and frustrated, but I don't have to take it out on anyone. I don't have to vocalize it or even talk about it particularly because I know it's just that I'm going through something that something is coming up for healing and I can choose to have a healing. I do not have to manage and cope with it. So we can and do go through a period in our lives where we feel quite disconnected from life, from the possibility of being happiness being happy and so we can move into a sense of despair and be in a struggle it's so important to watch what are the thoughts we're having at that time because I can remember thinking if this doesn't happen I'll never be happy how could I be happy if I don't have the job I'd like how could I be happy if I'm not living with my boyfriend How could I be happy if my mother dies? How could I be happy if, if, if? And thinking that these conditions in the world would make it impossible for me to be happy. But you see, then the spiritual qualities of life are all conditional. Our life is all conditional then. But in reality, our life is not conditional. Not at all. And so, in our heart, this is where we flip the switch and we become really, truly willing to give up all the attachments to the things that we have come to believe make us happy. For instance, I I can think of folks I I know that have been in class with me over the years and they come into this thinking that, oh no, I don't have enough money. I have been working two jobs. My husband's been working two jobs. We've been doing this for years and we still can't seem to get ahead of our mortgage And we're going to have to declare bankruptcy. Oh, no. Oh, no. We failed and we're going to lose our house. So we've labored and labored and labored and labored. And then they go through the bankruptcy. And then on the other side, they're able to begin again. They rent a new house. They don't own it. But they really didn't own the last one because they owed all the money to the bank. So... Now they're renting a house and they feel ashamed because they had to declare bankruptcy. And what does that say about them? So they're judging themselves and fearing other people's judgments. So now they've got that to work with. But they realize pretty quickly, oh, we don't have to work two jobs anymore to afford that house. Now we've got a house we can afford and we know that, okay, the rent may go up in a couple of years, but we're, we have some sense of I can rest and recover from the stress that I put myself through for years. And so now on the other side of the bankruptcy that they thought would leave them feeling completely ashamed and total despair, they now feel this great sense of relief. And now they can actually begin to be happy because they uh, have gone through that experience and they're willing to forgive themselves. The judgments that they had against themselves for not living up to their own expectations. And so tremendous healing is now happening that was triggered by the need for a bankruptcy. So... Tremendous healing can happen. Tremendous healing can happen.
if we allow it. But it comes in unexpected ways. It does. I, I remember in the first year of Masterful Living, there was someone in the group whose house had burned down, lost everything in the fire. But it was a starting over for them. Starting over, a healing. Tremendous. So we have these extraordinary opportunities that Spirit gives us, but generally we label them as bad and wrong. Sometimes when people give up trying to manage and cope with their marriage, then the marriage can actually have a healing. It's not uncommon for me to work with folks who finally say, okay, we just need to separate. And they're feeling like the separation is a failure, but it actually gives them a chance to take a breath, to stop labeling themselves as a failure, and to see what's really going on, and then many come back together and go on to have a really loving, holy relationship. So all kinds of things are possible, but if we have these mental attachments to how it should be and how it could be, then we are in our own way. So what I've experienced in my life is that we all go through this period of disillusionment. (laughs) We disassociate from the illusion and we become disillusioned. Yep. And so if you feel that space, and it can be a mourning space where we feel we're mourning the loss of something. We're, we're mourning the loss of, of what we thought life was and what we thought it was about. If you think of the movie The Matrix, which I highly recommend, when Neo gets rescued from the pod and he's first experiencing life outside the pod, it's disorienting. So when we recognize, oh, this actually is an illusion, and that's not an intellectual thing. It it really is a feeling thing. And I, for one, feel like I was in that space for a long time And I've talked about this before, that when I was a teenager, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, I remember feeling that life was so surreal. It did not feel real to me. Everything felt fake. And I had deja vu all the time, over and over and over again. I had deja vu. I I can't remember the last time I had deja vu. And when we have deja vu, we're at a choice point. Choice points in the script. We can go this way, we can go that way. But now I feel really that I'm being led and guided and everything feels quite progressive. And spirit just lays out the choices for me. And so it's easy It's really easy. I still, of course, see the choices to be unloving, to be unkind, to... mm, I guess I I do see choices to collapse into self-medication and things like that. But they are so of no interest to me that they're... They don't even seem like real choices anymore. They just seem... Yeah, it's it's the usually I can see the bright, shiny, highest and best choice for myself. And uh, this is one of the, the fine-tunements that I, I'm noticing after years of doing this work that with every passing day, I feel more led, more guided. Uh, I, I love the teachings of Dr. Hulin, E. Haleakale Hulin, the uh, fellow who teamed up with Joe Vitale to bring the teachings of Ho'oponopono in the book Zero Limits. And in, in there, he talks about cultivating the mind that is empty, as the Buddhists would talk about, that emptiness in your mind. It's not filled with what you think you want and what you don't want and all of that kind of mental and uh, clutter. And so your mind is empty of needing, wanting, craving, or 
aversions. I hate that. I can't stand that. I'm trying to avoid that. All that dissipates. And the more it dissipates, the more you have that empty mind or uh, what, what Dr. Hu Len calls the zero state of mind. Your mind is empty. You don't even need to have intentions anymore because you will become aware of where spirit is leading you and guiding you. And that your choices of where you'd like to go come from your heart. They come from that immaculate heart that uh, we are, we're cultivating here. That clear, perfect heart that's in tune with the universe. Oh my goodness. That's a beautiful place to be living in. And we can all get there. We are on our way. It's time for me to take a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're walking the talk, we're living the love, and I will be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And we're back. Thanks for coming back. I appreciate it. <laughs> and I'd like to say a big thank you. I really am grateful to all the beautiful people who write reviews of this podcast. Writing a review of the podcast, wherever it is that you get your podcast from. There's so many different platforms. And being able to Give it your rating and your kind, thoughtful words. It just helps other people understand the value of this podcast. And so often people tell me how they have been able to apply what I share and it's really shifted their life and that it is a value to them. And when you share that in a public way, it is so helpful because it means the podcast providers will then share this podcast with more people, which means more people will find it, which means more people will be blessed by it. So thank you to Morgan and other people who have written reviews. It's such a uh, great gift that you give to me personally. I'm so happy to give the gift of this podcast and I'm so grateful that it's helpful and yes. And I I love too that it's really helpful for people who have been in study groups, let's say for many years and they feel like the way that I share is helpful to them. That's so nice to hear because I have such a strong desire and intention, we were just talking about intention, that others will be helped and that they will find these teachings of A Course of Miracles and live them and apply them in their life because it has been so, so helpful to me. I feel that Jesus is a friend of mine. (laughs) Like it says in the song, right? Jesus is just all right with me. Jesus is a friend of mine. Lots of songs with Jesus in it. So uh, I I was talking about, oh, and you know, and I'll just go right into the gratitude too for everybody who donates, especially the, the folks who do a monthly recurring donation that helps us to plan our finances. And so thank you for that. Really appreciate that. If you are interested in doing a donation or a monthly donation of any kind, you can go to acimtexts.com, acimtexts.com, and you can sign up for the inspirational text messages. You can make a one-time donation of any amount, and uh, or you can set up a monthly recurring donation of any amount. And you can also go to jenniferhadley.com or livingacourseofmiracles.com and just go to the donate page there. 
And so thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your love and support. It is magnified and multiplied indeed, and it it comes back to you. We always, when we tithe, not giving in order to get something back, but giving because we've already been given to, and now we're paying it forward, it it just generates a, a stream of blessings in our life. It's wonderful. So, yeah, and while you're there, jenniferhadley.com, livingacourseofmiracles.com, please take advantage of all the free, free things there. Love to share, as you well know. (laughs) Okay, so back to intention and what uh, Dr. Hu Len says in Zero Limits, that when our mind opens up to this vastness of spirit and to that that emptiness then we don't even need intentions anymore because we're going to be in tune with spirit we're going to be led and guided by spirit and that that's what i find i find that spirit is often leading me to where exactly where i'd like to go even though i don't even know it so for instance um I was a spiritual counselor for some years before I decided to train spiritual counselors. And the only reason I decided to offer a training and certification in spiritual counseling was because that was my guidance. So I I was a little nervous about doing it. Uh, I knew I had a lot to share but creating a whole certification program, it's the administrative parts. I don't ever feel nervous or worried or uh, apprehensive about sharing the teachings. That always feels super comfortable to me. I really feel like you could wake me up in the middle of the night, I'm ready to go. And, cause, and it, it's my favorite thing. Can we please just talk about God all the time practically? <laughs> but... um feeling comfortable doing all that administrative part. No, I didn't have that. So that was my my resistance and my reluctance. But spirit was clear, do this, do it now. So I went ahead and did it. And I loved it. It was so enjoyable. And I remember the first spiritual counseling training intensive retreat that I did, uh, somebody who had been in class with me for a couple of years came up to me and said, at the end of it, Jennifer, I knew this would be good, but I didn't know it would be this good. And I felt much the same way. Like, oh my God, this is so good. This is so sweet a spot to be in, to be in this conversation with people. And what, one of the things reasons is, is because... For me, I, I've recognized that uh, uh, when spiritual teachers have done a lot of spiritual counseling, they develop a lot more insight about the way the mind works and how that manifests and demonstrates in our lives. And so that insight then makes them a better teacher and so being able to support people and becoming beautiful teachers of God and and being able to really bring benefit through sharing what they've learned is a joy it is such a joy now along the way I did feel tempted to give up it's just too hard to do this, to be a spiritual teacher, to be a spiritual counselor. How am I ever going to make a living doing this? How can I ever be truly successful doing this? I couldn't see it. I couldn't feel it. And yet I yearned for it, although I felt blocked. I felt that I didn't have what it took and that I kept coming up against walls 
and my own resistance and reluctance. And I don't remember now, but I'm sure there are times when I really wanted to give up. I'm sure there were. But I learned that instead of giving up, give it up to the Holy Spirit. Give it over to the Holy Spirit for healing. Most people, even when they're in despair, even when they don't believe they can find happiness, they still do not feel comfortable moving into the space where they would say, Thy will, not mine. I turn my life over to spirit. They don't feel comfortable doing that because they feel that something will be taken away from them, that their life will become unpleasant, unfun, that, I don't know, they'll have to eat dirt or something. They won't be able to have good food or cocktails or things that they feel they need or want or that would make them happy. But none of that is true. Uh, and, And I can tell you that... A lot of the things that I used to enjoy, I do not enjoy anymore. And things that I never enjoyed, I enjoy tremendously now. So there will be lots of joy, but it may be different than you think it will be. And what's great is instead of having little moments and bursts of joy, you can actually learn to reside in the joy and learn through direct insight rather than through stress and trying to figure it out and making it happen and things like that. That Spirit will actually provide us with the insight and the healing that we would like when we would like it, if we are willing. But it does require a tremendous willingness to turn away from the ways of the ego, and to live by inner sight rather than what we think we see with our eyes. And we do need to give up the grievances and the grudges and the false beliefs. And that's where many people get stuck. So when there is a great sense of despair, is because we are not seeing correctly. And we don't have to figure out how to see correctly, but we do have to be willing to give up seeing incorrectly. We do have to be willing to give up thinking that we know. Now, in this section in chapter 10, section 2, the decision to forget, Jesus begins with, unless you first know something, you cannot dissociate it. Knowledge must precede dissociation. So the dissociation is nothing more than a decision to forget. What has been forgotten then appears to be fearful, but only because the dissociation is an attack on truth. So people, I understand it, people have a fear of saying, thy will be done in my life. Let God's will be done in my life because they feel their life will no longer be enjoyable and it will no longer be theirs to live. But I can honestly say that's not been true for me. I have found that the more I place my trust and faith in spirit, the more I enjoy my life the easier it is. One of the great things now is I don't feel much fear. And when I feel irritated or frustrated, I know that's fear. So that's pretty much where I lose my peace, is when I think it should be different than it is. When I think people should do things differently then they're choosing to do them. Or I wish they would choose differently, and it bothers me because I think it would be better if they did it a different way. I don't really know, but I think I know, and that's why I lose my peace. 
And that's when I remember, I don't know what anything is for, and everything works together for my good, and I'm never upset for the reason I think, and love holds no grievances. So going back to this section, the decision to forget, where Jesus says, unless you first know something, you cannot dissociate it. Knowledge must precede dissociation. So the dissociation is nothing more than a decision to forget. So we made a decision to forget our true reality, our true identity, uh, the truth itself. He says, what has been forgotten then appears to be fearful, but only because the dissociation is an attack on truth. So it appears to be fearful to place our trust and faith in spirit, because we fear that spirit does not have our best interests at heart, and we're going to have to give up that which we enjoy. So we're, we think we're going to have to give up having sex or having wine or whatever things we, we fear we'd have to give up. The thing is that <laughs> none of these, wine is not bad, sex is not bad, these are not sins, these are not evil, we don't have to give them up. There's no reason to give them up. But if we are doing them, engaging in things to prove that we're sinners by doing what we think are sinful things, that's when we've lost our mind. And we will have to give up those beliefs in order to feel peace again. Jesus says, you are fearful because you have forgotten, forgotten your true nature, your true reality. And you have replaced your knowledge by an awareness of dreams because you're afraid of dissociation, not of what you have dissociated. When what you have dissociated is accepted, it ceases to be fearful. So when we can just accept that our true reality is not the illusion and that heaven is our home and that we can experience heaven in this world, we can. And I'll tell you something. So I'm living in Vermont now. Those of you who have been listening to the podcast back to when I started in 2011, so I'm coming up on 10 years now, and I live in Vermont in the Green Mountains, in a little tiny town, and I am surrounded by nature, quite literally, I'm on the edge of a national forest, and I I don't leave the house every day, but whenever I drive around here, actually I do now leave the house every day, as I bring things to to people to help them. So anyway, uh, but every day now, either I'm, I'm just sitting in my home looking out the window, listening to the birds, watching the birds on the bird feeder feeders or the hummingbirds on the, the flowers on the deck, or I'm just looking out the window like I am now, and sometimes I'm seeing rabbits or deer or turkeys or pheasants or whatever. I haven't seen a bear this year. Uh, and just watching now the, the wind blow on the field, uh, that is filled with wildflowers, I spontaneously say to myself every day, every day, I hear myself say in my mind, this is heaven. This is heaven. I don't know that I would feel that this is heaven if I did not feel at peace with myself. I did not imagine that I could ever get to this point in my lifetime, you see. But I decided to go step by step anyway. This is why I offer step by step 
programs with tons of support. And people tell me all the time, I've never had so much support in a program. Never. And that's what Spirit led me to, so that people will not give up. It's so easy to give up when we're on our own. So easy. Now, in in the course, uh, later in chapter 29... Jesus says here, this is uh, section 7, which is entitled, Seek Not Outside Yourself. Jesus says here, the lingering illusion, this is paragraph 3, the lingering illusion will impel someone, him, to seek out a thousand idols and to seek beyond them for a thousand more. So the idols are the things that we think will make us happy. And each will fail him, all excepting one. For he will die and does not understand the idol that he seeks is but his death. Right? I, I, I certainly have felt, and I know many people who have felt, I just want to die. I just want to die. I don't want to take my own life, but I just want to die. So death can be the false idol too. He says, its form appears to be outside himself, yet he, yet does he seek to kill God's son within and prove that he is victor over him. Right? This is the kind of crazy egoic thinking that we would wish to kill ourselves. We've made a false self and idolized it, and now we're done with it because it didn't bring us the happiness that we wanted, so we want to kill it and punish it. Yes. He says, This is the purpose every idol has for this, the role that is assigned to it, and this, the role that cannot be filled. So the idol is not our Savior. The Savior is the Christ within. He says, next paragraph, Whenever you attempt to reach a goal in which the body's betterment is cast as major beneficiary, you try to bring about your death. Whoa! For you believe that you cannot suffer lack and lack is death to sacrifice is to give up and thus to be without and to have suffered loss and by this giving up is life renounced seek not outside yourself to search implies you are not whole within and fear to look upon your devastation but prefer to seek outside yourself for what you are. Idols must fall because they have no life, and what is lifeless is a sign of death. So giving up this pursuit, it says here, whenever you attempt to reach a goal in which the body's betterment is cast as major beneficiary, you try to bring about your death. It's it's such a leap for so many of us to be able to recognize that oh, we've been labored in vain. We've been so miserable because we are trying to either cope with having a body that we don't like that won't somehow behave and do what we'd like it to do. It won't be beautiful enough. It won't be tall enough or short enough or big enough or small enough. And so we think we can't be happy as long as our body is the way that it is. And we desperately want it to change. It's extraordinary how when we align with the divine and truly allow ourselves to let spirit lead us and guide us, 
body issues often resolve themselves in ways that we never would have imagined. So instead of giving up on life, let's give up trying to find happiness and simply, simply choose kindness, compassion, patience, generosity of the heart, and most especially, self-forgiveness. In case you didn't know, in case you're new to this podcast, uh, on the homepage at jenniferhadley.com, I have a free forgiveness workshop. And what I encourage people to do is to get that workshop, invite a friend over. We can do that now, maybe where you are here in in, in Vermont. Uh, things are getting to normal because there's more than 80% vaccinated here. And we have a small population and a big state. So, um, yeah. But you can do this on Zoom, too. Get together with some friends, play the workshops, and use the tools that I give you, the handouts and things like that, and make it fun. Make a potluck of it. Make an evening of it or an afternoon or a morning. Do my How to Get Over It workshop, and you will find a greater sense of peace. This is what it's for. Forgiveness is the way out of hell. We don't have to give up anything of value. But what we do have to do is recognize we've been valuing things that have no value. Oh my goodness. Don't give up. Give it up. Hey, I wanted to tell you real quick here. My Parenting with Spirit course starts Sunday, June 27th. You can buy one of the classes or you can buy the whole package. If you buy the whole package, you get all the support groups with it. So check it out. It starts Sunday, June 27th. And also, I just did Father's Day with my dad at Sundays with Spirit. You can get the replay. It was so sweet. So many people were crying, and it was just beautiful, including my dad. (laughs) So you can get that and watch that uh, at jenniferhadley.com, Sundays with Spirit with me and my dad. I'm grateful to speak this word of prayer. We are blessed, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. I love you. Mwah!